Everyone, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank all the listeners, the viewers, and of course the patrons out there. The team here at Vector Sigma hopes that we can bring a little levity and a distraction from the weight of the real world. Time is always precious, but that has become even more obvious now. We want to say that we really do appreciate everyone out there that's spending their time with us. Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info, and technical issues be damned. We're still here. <laughs> We're going to make it through. Uh, as you can see down below me, Scott's disappeared. I'm still playing around with the overlay, and uh, there's actually a storm going on geographically near me, and I'm a little concerned that things are going to implode otherwise. So... We'll, we'll persevere, Scott. We'll find a way. Fair. <laughs> so the topic list is exceptionally short. In fact, it's, it, well, it doesn't get much shorter than a single line. And that's value gains and losses for this week. It's, it sounds weird, but we wanted to talk about like we did with Wave 4. Now that we have talked about our favorite battle cards, we talked about our favorite character cards, let's talk about some of the old cards and old decks as they now have to adapt to the new meta. Again, this is all with the caveat that, well, it's a little bit weirder this time since we've been messing around with playing with proxies, as you can see on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights, or check out the VectorSigma.info YouTube page for all of those. We've been diving into it a little bit differently, but the discussion is still there, and what better place to start than what we knew coming in, I guess. Right, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think it's one of the most important exercises you can go through. Um, I think it's basically, as we've talked about in the past, like if it's your first time joining from a set being released, it's it's essentially the <coughs> excuse me, um, it's the basis for where you're starting to do your evaluation. And I think not trying to update old strategies into with new options is is wrong. So um, mm. you you should start there, in my opinion. Absolutely. It, it's the bedrock coming in because old, to, and I think I had to have said this before, I'm a broken record, I repeat the same idiot things all the time. So <laughs> the the old toys, yes, they may change in value as we're going to discuss, but they aren't just straight up broken. Well, some are, but you have to go through the exercise of determining, are they broken? Did they improve? Did they degrade? Or where do they stand? And then you can... Otherwise, you're just kind of... So, it almost goes back to... And I don't want to dwell on this too much before we try and keep it short. But when we talked about testing way back when, it's very much mm -hmm. about pinning something down so you can fairly judge everything else. Okay, I'm running this against this particular stock aggro list. So, I know how many turns I can live. I know that this is a known quantity in the meta and it's the same sort of thing. We have these known quantities. You have to pin something down because otherwise, yes, you could get lucky and stumble on something if you're just trying things at random. However, it's a much more scientific and systemic way to just go, okay, I'm going to start with A and then I'm going to try A against B and then I'm going to try A against C and I'm going to try, et cetera. And you have 
this foundational cornerstone to be able to move forward intelligently. Yeah, the only problem is you can't get yourself into a into a you can't just solve something that was there months ago. You have to understand yes. what the what the impact is. So Right. That's why it's only the starting yeah. point. Yep. I mean I've already seen some lists out there that only do that. That's why I'm saying that. So. Ah, but fair. It is a valid yeah. point to bring up. Mm-hmm. So let's dive right into it. Scott, do you want to start with the, the cards that gained value or the cards that lost value on this particular, or strategies for that matter, deck lists, et cetera? Uh, either way, it doesn't matter to me. All right, let's start with down just because it happens to be higher in my uh, overlay, <laughs> just because yeah, it's alphabetical. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So yeah, uh, the cards that were thrown up on screen here are not necessarily, so we kickback was the first one, now it's marksmanship. You're going to see other ones rotate through. It's not necessarily that... These are the highlights, although they are ones we're going to talk about. And I'm going to kick it over to you in a second, Scott. But these are just examples of certain things that are on the the downward half of the mountain, so to speak, um, that lost because of new cards introduced or new strategies that are going to be introduced or just their limelight has passed. So let me kick it to you, Scott. I know we had talked at length about the, the one tall decks your Jetfires, your Galaxy Primes. And we had talked a bit offline. You said that you felt these were losing value. Can you go into why? Um, it's especially more true on the Galaxy side and in my experience on the... Um, what's his name? On the Shockwave side, just, just as a caveat up front, it's not necessarily... And I can talk about why it's not Galaxy also. Um, but generally, uh, what happens is... With the introduction of more playable black uh, pip cards, especially the dual pip cards that feature black, as well as... So so having an emphasis on them means that having only one target that is that is literally just going to always take damage because there's no way to avoid it through combat means that their effective health total is just ra- drastically reduced. So a lot of these decks that were focused on one... one you know, one character anchoring the team um, are just not going to be as viable anymore. I mean, especially this is especially true, like like on the Jetfire side, for example. Like what you're what you're trying to do with a Jetfire deck was always basically out defend your opponent's attack mm. um, through his inborn tough, through his um, well, inborn tough and security console ability on defense, for example. If you decided to go that route, and you know, you could obviously focus on both sides of it as well. But the fact of the matter remains, like a lot of times, what what the deck was there to do is mostly, you know, as a blue deck, was to stack as many double blues, especially the easy ones, um, right on top. Now, if if defense isn't as important, like if you're capped on it, exactly how much, if the cap on your defense is how much attack your opponent can actually gain, then you're not actually really doing anything. So you're you you're basically jumping through a lot of hoops to essentially do nothing. Right. So um, decks like that, that that rely on that type of strategy, simply are not going to be anywhere near as prevalent or or can survive a meta like this. And really, that's as a result of there just simply being more playable uh, black cards, especially orange black cards, that that work in concert with one another to that really. I mean, kind of, in my opinion, exists to defeat those kind of strategies, mm-hmm. which, you know, is maybe a, a side conversation. But right. to me, like, the, you know, in talking to Wizards, 
and uh, I plan to bring this up with them again, is they always used to say that like combo was an answer to control, but I feel like they they've they've upped the power level of black cards, and that may be an answer to control that's more right. obvious. Um in that situation. And I think it really affects the, what we affectionately call the one tall um, blue decks more than it does like wider ones or certain other ones. But, but I, but it, and we can get into this, but as a caveat, I don't think it affects galaxy as much just because of the way that that deck operates is different than the way that most like, I'm going to defend everything you throw at me type decks operate. So Yeah, you can't go for the defensive high score with the prevalence of, well, innate pierce due to the black pips and certain characters and certain other battle cards, etc. It just, it, you're like trying to empty the ocean kind of thing. Uh, it, yeah. There's only so much you can do. Now, that being said, I don't think we're going to, and I'm sure you would agree, Scott, or correct me if I if you don't agree, that... I don't anticipate we're going to see these sort of things disappear. Uh, the, the addition of Night Racer allowing you, and things, we're going to get to it later, but uh, end hostilities impacting some of these things. I think those orange-black decks, and again, we'll, we'll talk about them later, do have to shift themselves because things like Demolisher and Lionizer maybe don't, you know... They, you end hostilities, you just blow them out. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I think the, the decks that have been I've been struggling with playing what I would consider to be like updated versions of like traditional control strategies like this. It's not it's not the overabundance of this. It's not the every single card I play is an unplayable orange black card. It's it's not like that. It's yes. just that there's so many good single black pip cards or orange black pip cards that fit into every single deck archetype that you don't feel bad for including them <laughs> right and so like you just you know like oh i'll attack for you know three pierce three is essentially like one like one of the better battle cards in the game if, if that was an option mm -hmm. and and when you can just do that through flips you're really like at a serious advantage over the control strategies where they just can't keep up Right. Um, you know, he, uh, repair decks, even with, you know, the new Optimus, which I've tried, um, they just, they can't over repair like what's going on. So it's really hard for them to keep up unless they're able to strike back as efficiently as, as the, I guess we'll call them aggro decks. Like they're, they're mostly still aggro decks. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't really an example of on the blue black end that exists at least at this point in time it, it's something that i think wizards is very cautious of as evidenced by the fact that we're getting a gajillion orange black pips and virtually no blue black pips let alone playable ones now we have gotten an influx from the new set but there's still few and far between even with that supplement yeah and the thing i understand about this discussion is like overall is that we're coming at it from the perspective of having already played games as well as essentially going drawing conclusions from those games that is like a couple levels deep like we're saying this specific card isn't gonna be good anymore but it's not like we've actually sat down and tried some of these things and have shown that it's not as good it's just that like it seems on paper that it's not gonna be as good so like why waste right. your time 
type of situation, so... Right. And um, now, of course, given the current scenario, we'll probably end up putting it through its paces anyway, because right, why not? Right, but right. Uh, the, I agree Fair. with you that the reality is, is that if this were normal circumstances, we'll call it, mm-hmm. every we've talked about it many times, there's a limitation on people's time, and as a result, you kind of have to focus it. So the theory crafting of... Well, we'll move in... I guess we can move into the next one. Let's talk about small characters in general. Now, I threw Kickback and Flame War up there as some of the preeminent examples, but they seem to be taking the small characters in general as well as the like the two opposite ends of the spectrum, the giant characters and the itty-bitty ones, are taking a beating, uh, notably because of Tripwire. But it's your it's, I guess, your favorite card out of the set, Scott. So do you want to elaborate on this one as well? Yeah, the big thing here, though, to understand is that, like, it's a card that you can still play around. It just might not, it might, it, the big thing to understand here is it, because the card exists and it's going to exist in multiple iterations in arguably any deck, but, but like, mostly in blue decks. Right. Um, like, you can just attack with the character before they can play it. So, like, if they go second, you know, you can just attack with your five or less drop first. Mm-hmm. Unless you're playing, you know, some multiple characters like that, which is why I think that some of the, which we discussed, like some of the, this, that's why I think that that also leaves the one tall strategy as vulnerable because they typically yes. were forced to play two characters with that cost uh, five or less. So they just said there's no way to avoid being susceptible to the card. Um, so you can kind of get around it in a way. Like I was playing a game last night where it was like there was never really a good opportunity for me to use it as long as my opponent actually played it correctly. But they basically had to then put some of these more, like, typically more vulnerable characters into that vulnerable position right away. Yeah. So to me, that's that's where they lose value. Right. More than anything else. Of course. I mean, in the scenarios for, obviously, to your point, there are ways to adapt. If Insecticons is going to continue to exist, maybe its attack patterns change simply because you can't afford to have kickback tripwire. If that happens... I don't want to say you just lose on the spot, but it's going to feel like it. Uh, similarly, for the one tall decks, as you were discussing, it you can certainly adapt. However, it's one of those Sophie's Choice kind of decisions where it's, okay, well, I'm definitely going to expose this character or I just have to cross my fingers. They didn't draw it. And mm-hmm. I very much, and I think this is where you were going with it, I would rather make that decision... <laughs> in the deck building stage and then okay well i'm playing and this actually is illuminates what you were describing when i was playing stefan now a couple weeks ago by the time this goes live i had built a quote-unquote five wide aggro deck because of titan masters and i distinctly remember pre like before the games i wanted to get in with night flight ahead of time because i'm any blue deck okay i have to assume there's tripwire getting him tripwired is just it's just kneecaps me so and then i went proceeded to forget about it because i was busy interacting with chat or something i don't know or i just mm-hmm. forgot which is the most likely thing but i uh, i think there's a, that's going to have to be at the forefront of a lot of people's minds and i agree with you both ends of that spectrum wide aggro versus i guess tall control really have to respect this and as a result again just like we were talking about with consolidating three wide aggro titan masters Mm -hmm. 
maybe that's the way control decks thing. They start to shore things up where it's both you dodge this, but all the characters are respectable, or you just find suitable six drops, or you know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, and and, and we talked in the past. I think it was probably like last week, like when we talked about the cards specifically. Like again, it's a cards like this are going to if they exist in the meta, they're going to shift the meta. So it, like you said, it is possible. But I mean, Flame War has been a part of of the what I would consider to be like four major events. She was in the winning decks of three of them. So like they, clearly there's an impact yeah. that this will have if you were to knock her out of the game. And she's actually a special case. And then we can talk about her and kick back. They're actually special cases. Mm. Um as as larger examples of what's going on here, um, if you want to talk about them, like her, she also suffered greatly from the um, from the Pierce strategies. Yeah. So um, and also she all so the other situation with her is that like there is she has a direct replacement in Night Tracer. So to yes. me, I've discussed like I've like saving you that flip, even though it's only one, is a big deal, especially in the, in the first in the first combat round. So like if her ability is going to be quote much depowered as a result of the environment and the cards available to her, you'd rather, you'd much rather have a card that doesn't need to flip that has a more relevant, um, combat tribe and is like virtually does the same thing, especially when you can adjust your deck to take advantage of permanently having a secret action in play with like spy masters and things like that. So, there's just there's just more efficient ways of getting around her. I think she I think and this is probably intentional to be honest with you, given how ubiquitous she's been in the game since day one. Um I, I think that overall her her time in the spotlight should probably start to decline. Right. For all these reasons added together. Not any one of them individually. I just think all Makes these sense. reasons added together. I can agree with that, and it's a a well deserved respite i guess yes. <laughs> given yeah. her prevalence um is she it, just the fact of the matter is uh, like you said three of the four major events and i'm sure plenty of other tables throughout both oh, those yeah. events and other ones yeah. like she's been a big deal uh but aside from those things and i think this kind of bleeds into it from flame war because you had brought it up the fact that her actual ability the whole purpose for playing flame war the tough kind of gets hurt by the prevalence of these peer strategies but let's talk about larger bold tough increments so i have hidden fortifications and supercharge up here as the examples again not necessarily that these are gonna you know you can go set them on fire there's they serve literally zero purpose at this stage but they do certainly take a hit some of them are, are obvious we already mentioned the pure strategies, but what are the other things people are missing about this, Scott? Like, why are, do you anticipate these are going to drop off? Uh, because of belligerence and uh, the other one. Uh, and hostilities? And hostilities. Yeah. Uh, maybe they are pretty obvious to everybody out there. After you, <laughs> They were just waiting. All right, these are clearly the reasons. And I agree with you that it's, again, the scenario where you have to respect it, where... And this was something we talked about offline that kind of, again, almost bridges the gap between these downs and the ups. So I am of the opinion at this stage, and maybe it'll bear out incorrectly, that the the orange-black strategies, if they adapt, 
still want large bold numbers or reasonable bold numbers. The reason being is that if they if the character in question already has enough attack stat and you can bold for enough pierce via the black pips, then you're okay. However, if you're going into I'm just flipping as many oranges as I humanly can, those dino chomps in those scenarios or that sort of effect kind of get blown out by end hostilities. Do you see that sort of thing arising, Scott? Or do you think that it's just, yeah, bold slash tough is just in a real bad spot? I just feel that a character's a character's attack stat is, I'm talking about at the end of combat, mm-hmm. a character's attack stat and defense stat are what you should always expect the maxes of those things to be. Right. Because it's very it's very possible that any other ways of affecting it through combat, unless it's a static number, and I don't well, it's it's more easier to do that like there's there's a few on defense, but like nothing of significance usually right, plus right. one defense. But like typically going into combat, if if your opponent has a secret action down, you can assume my attack is maxed out at whatever my attack whatever my static attack stat is. Yes. And on defense you can assume, okay, if I don't have a secret action down that's going to help my defense or I don't have an end hostilities down, my defense is going to be capped at whatever my printed defense is. And as we've been talking about at length, that might not even matter. Mm-hmm. Because I can go right over your defense regardless. So um, it's much worse for the defensive player, I can tell you that much. But even as the but even as the attacker, I just feel like you have to go into the situation expecting when there is a secret action down that it could be an hostilities, which means that all your work and to get all these oranges is just out the window. Now, that being said, those strategies up until this point, oftentimes have been the most effective way of playing the game. Because you're just basically like, like a supercharge was just an orange leap in the battle. So it was more effective to be that than it was to be, to play leap in a battle in your orange deck. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, like reckless charge puts a you know is on a different power level. Special, uh, yeah, special general. cases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like to me, again, like the first level is I'm going to play the best cards. The second level is wait a minute, these cards get not literally, but quote countered by these other cards. So now it has to shift to where I'm going to go back to playing these other cards. So it's very again, it's very possible that things we're saying here don't bear out because you know somebody's already playing paper as it is and I, there's i can i guess i could probably point in the description like a famous magic article that kind of talked about this in mm-hmm. a way um but a lot of what we're saying i think is is the will save you that first step of where i see things where we see things going initially and then you can make a decision as to whether or not in your local meta that's actually what's being you know what's bearing out right per se. i mean local metas aside because that's always kind of a crapshoot in re- in the sense that mm-hmm. people, especially at smaller local events, are just going to play whatever they're going to play. It's not necessarily indicative of what the greater meta would be or if you know we show up to whatever the next big event is that that is the official meta, I guess. I'm not really sure how to describe that. Um, I agree with your point about going into end hostilities. I agree that belligerence probably hurts control more than end hostilities hurts aggro which sounds a little weird maybe to everybody Uh, so i hope i'm going through this 
appropriately so everybody can follow, but it's, I think there are more ways around end hostilities in general, just cards, as well as strategies since you are actively playing into it, if that makes sense. Whereas, yeah, you can, you're totally right. Yeah. yeah, You can engineer the scenario from the other side to try and dodge belligerence, but your options are limited. And if your opponent does something weird because it's their turn, you're just out of luck. What are you going to do? Um, I do anticipate, like I said, or the way I started out with that, these orange black strategies, like we saw at Orlando, if they evolve, there are enough innate bold characters to, the example I was writing down while you were talking, Scott, was, you know, Sky Shadow Plane plus Supercharge plus a plus three weapon. And it's entirely possible that you flip enough black pips to make that valuable, you know, and then you're still hammering for a significant chunk. I think the bold, again, just, it takes less of a hit than tough, but I don't think you can really get away entirely from either, just given the card pool overall. No, and as we'll talk about in cards that got better, those strategies still have other answers that have always existed and not seen as much play as they should have. Right. So there's already there, there are still going to be answers to that. I just think that both of these cards represent universal answers that that have like a dramatic effect. Like to me, belligerence is still at minimum going to be like essentially like a plus two mm-hmm. most of the time. Like, and if you're playing in a blue deck, it's basically if you're playing in a blue deck against an orange deck, for an example, it's probably going to just be a plus two for you as an orange plus two card. Now, if you're playing against blue, it's plus four, etc. Um, at minimum. So like the power level of these cards just as I mean it's 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 not as bad, but like it's almost as the universality of like press the advantage was. Mm-hmm. Um because they just always have use in no matter what strategy you're playing them in. And so you have to respect them. Like if, if you're able to just even without bold and tough, just just take care of your opponent's flips in general, their 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 combat is reduced regardless. And and the big thing is the only the only big thing with bold is that a lot of a lot of aggressive strategies over since since the dawn of the game have relied on characters that have inborn bold and there are more of them that are out yes um but what's going to be more important now is is their is their base attack stat um because essentially again like we've said that's going to be your cap on the amount of damage you're able to deal however if you have if you're a fangry with a with a with a um parsec on you you're you're four bold three. You're flipping five cards, maybe even seven cards with the ability. If you're still capped at four damage because of because of everything that's going on, like that's still the equivalent of four plus whatever your opponent's defense was because that's you're capped on the amount of damage you're actually dealing, not mm-hmm. the amount of the attack stat. Right. So like in so in reality, like you're basically still getting some benefit out of these cards, like you've said, like you need to flip as many blacks as you have at power or else you're right. It's not going to work out. So there's still an advantage to doing this, but it's still muted because you're not doing like 15. So, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, which I guess to, before we move on to, well, there was one other call out for the downs before we move to the ups, but do you feel that going back to what we started out with, with the one tall decks that, 
I could imagine the argument or the the comments we're going to get is, didn't we just contradict ourselves with the one tolls? Because if you were capping this hypothetically low or low enough number for your attack because of this, shouldn't just having a bajillion health be good enough? In the case of Optimus, only. Only in the case of Galaxy. Well, I mean, he, he skyrockets in health comparatively, so... But not in the case of the other ones. So, right. like, any of the, any of the, like, Shockwave is still capped at where he can get to. Um, and his, his, one of his strengths is his inborn three defense in alt mode. And that is essentially, like, kind of meaningless. Yeah. Um, he gains, he gains, what he gains is that he can play the end hostilities off the top more easily, but he doesn't get really gain anything by, getting access to anything else, although I guess you could argue that he would also get access to stable covers and things like that that might be meta-defining more easily. So I'm not saying he's definitely going to be pushed out. He has chances of oh, staying yeah. in, but you're fighting an uphill battle. Right. Yeah, I can definitely agree with the the last statement. It's... I, I personally have difficulty determining, because it, it's very easy for me to say, oh, well, if these orange-black decks suddenly start running amok, then regular aggro, which is just, okay, I'm all orange, I don't care about the bold, because, I mean, out of the board, those orange-black decks might be playing end hostilities, but they're not probably not doing it main deck, so maybe they... I and like <laughs> Well, my, where I'm going with this, like, this is our <laughs> potential rock-paper-scissors scenario. Yes. Of each of them keeping them the other in check, so it's again. It, well, let me ask you. Let, let me ask you this. Thing. Yeah, you keep you keep saying orange black. Mm -hmm. I don't. Th I don't think you need to talk about it in that way. And that, this, this is what I want to ask you. Yeah, if, some of these cards you're just going to play them anyway, right? They're still your best option, no matter how you slice it. Like you're not going to find. There's no better Kamian crash, right? There's no better magnetic dysfunction ray or precision fire, right? Well, like, I don't gonna, know. You're not going to play other options, right? Well, that's the thing, is you might, if this, so that's why I was clarifying the orange-black versus a, I guess we'll call it a pure orange, even though it's obviously not going to be, it's not going to be 40 cards with an orange pip on it. They're going to have either some number of blanks or some number of orange-blacks and or some number of just straight-up black pips or whatever. I, I don't know where the balance is of enough oranges that you are consistently or does it matter to consistently beat those quote-unquote orange-black decks? Because I'm not sure exactly what the new Insecticons, the new Blaster, the new whatever looks like just yet. I think they look like the same old deck with more black in well, them because the, the those cards are just the best options to play otherwise. Like, I don't I know mean, that... Again, like, like, I could make an argument to say, for example, Precision Fire may not belong in that deck compared to an additional just plain orange weapon if it came down to directly comparing them, for example. I mean, it doesn't really yeah. work because one's a battle card, one's a, an upgrade. But if you had two comparable things, even do you run Supercharge or do you run Precision Fire? And depending on what that deck looks like, I could see the argument to just run the Supercharge to try and you know ensure that you're getting something. I don't think that's really think a good comparison either, to be honest, but... <laughs> See, see, I think we're going to be back to our two by two grid of, but it, but in the opposite way. Like, I think what's going to mm -hmm. happen is you're going to say to yourself, "Do I want a card that is completely shut out from doing anything, or do I want to play a slightly, a slightly weaker version 
Mm-hmm. And again, like we we've talked about how putting the black tip on cards has slowly been not as taxing as it was in the days of combat dagger and smoke cloak. Right. Um, you know, do, do I want to, do I want to be like, do I want to play fight for position over supercharge? Because at least I know I'm always going to be getting in there because like in a deck that doesn't play yeah. ways to combat it. I'm, I'm barely hurt less. And in, and against decks that are, do have answers to it. I'm at least mitigating myself against that. Like, I mean, I, I feel like if you, yeah. if you're not making those decisions, then I think you're just absolutely not understanding the changing game at all. Well, I agree, and it's as I'm building things, I've definitely run into that scenario where, well, that, that's actually a, a great highlight is the one you mentioned: fight for position versus supercharge. Does the extra bold one ever really matter if you're playing another orange deck or the the opposing quote unquote orange black deck that? It's going to be good enough with Bolt 2, most likely. And to right. your point, like you said, it's still valuable against the control decks. I don't think, at least right now as I'm building stuff, I haven't... Most of the aggro decks, and this is probably the most succinct, succinct way to put it, most of the aggro decks that I've constructed have ended up being a significant chunk of orange blacks or dedicated black pips because they are the best option full stop not the best mm-hmm. option to combat these things which is definitely a departure like you said from the from what we had before but i i honestly as i was building stuff i'm struggling to see where they can or i was having difficulty at least at the time to figure out where they could go to shift things back other than ratcheting down the orange blacks again in power level i mean and then sometime down the line, things even out because otherwise, you you can't just print another grenade launcher. Is my point, and you would have to have a grenade launcher, sort of like static, to not take advantage of what you could already do with bold in the orange blacks to hit similar numbers with Pierce, I guess. Yes, and yes, and of course, yeah, good, totally. I know what you're saying. Uh, I'm. I'm stumbling over it a little bit and trying to draw it out so that people can hopefully follow where I'm going with it. It's just, I'm very curious where they can take it because at this stage, it feels like, yeah, you want to play aggro, you play this just because that's where the best cards are. But it, but it, but it's something like last season, you, you, you've had the option of doing this before mm-hmm. and the, the deck didn't, really exist until the last event because it was in reaction to if there's absolutely 100% of the of the format is going to ignore the fact this could even possibly exist then I'm going to be able to fit into a niche where yeah. it's going to have an advantage and that's where the that's where it, it the deck did very well against these one tall decks because again like every yes. single attack they were making had value yep um but if you if you say I'm going to ignore that then you're all you're opening the control deck up to more options. The basic the basic thing here is that the control decks don't have as many options as the aggressive decks. They never do. Because in this game, there's there's very few like again, like to, to borrow a phrase, like all the counter spells in this game are all I I don't it's the only way I know how to describe it, but like 
all the counter spells in this game, counter strategies in this game are pinpointed. So in, in, in Magic, for example, there were some universal counters to certain strategies, and there were some cheaper pinpoint counters to certain strategies, which you would, like, you took a chance by playing them because you may not run into something like that. And this game thrives more on the latter than it does on the Whereas I feel like in the meta game, cards like Hidden Fortification, Sabotage Armaments, and things like that were just universal. They they just stomp the aggro, period. Now, mm -hmm. that won't be the case. So the defensive deck has to diversify its answers, which, until a metagame is calm, it's very difficult for that deck to do. Because you, you there's this, this game isn't forgiving enough to, where you can make a bad call, because you can just get stomped out in one turn. Yes, absolutely. I mean... As an aside, I would always prefer the former, maybe not necessarily in the power level, the former being <laughs> something more more universal because, uh, at least for me, and this is just me playing games, it's always a feel bad where it's like they had that silver bullet or, oh, I just didn't pack this silver bullet and I ran into this matchup. And that feels, it, the matchups and making that meta call, especially in a vacuum, is just as random to me as flipping a card off the top. Uh, they're not true silver bullets. They're just they're they're not right, as right. universal. I mean, and I, and I the 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 like I said, the one thing is like, but you can never argue that hidden fortification didn't have value. But you and like and right now, I don't think you can argue that hostilities is always going to have value. Um, especially if you're able to fit like dual pip cards in your deck and things like that. Like it's always just going to have value for you, even as a defensive player, if you if you sculpt your deck around playing a plethora of the main deck on purpose. However other cards don't always have that use. The meta right. can adapt to other cards. They can't mm. adapt to these cards. And I don't think it's much more difficult to adapt to those cards. And that's, that's where a lot of this is coming from. Yep. Uh, so to close out the down portion of this before we, I guess, end on the high notes, because again, short topic list, I, uh, the other two cards that were up here, I threw up silver bolts to represent the various combiners, although realistically, combiners being i guess the wave two ones because the other ones are a little bit weirder and marksmanship so combiners haven't i guess they've really fallen out of vogue specifically wave two ones enigma based combiners and marksmanship i think is also one of those obvious ones i think anybody out there is going to recognize yeah it's it's a lot more awkward to land a marksmanship especially on an appropriate target if you can at all yeah i think combiners also suffer from both precision fire and magnetic dysfunction ray um as well even if you're not an autobot team um i think you still because i mean they were destroyed by photon bomb out of the sideboard so like if you're getting a half a main deck photon bomb at all times and if you are an autobot team just always a photon bomb like you just no way you can survive that yeah it seems um, seems all. bad <laughs> um so there's that. So like, and I and I don't see any that the only card I staggering might is the only card I can see that like they actually gain from the set. Yeah. Um. Unless you want to say like they gain hollow matter projector and things like that 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 are answers to some of these cards, but it's nowhere near as efficient. Um, Absolutely. So I don't see anything they actually gain from the set. Um. So, you know. So that's one. So they're they're. It's only complete net negative for them 
And the marksmanship thing, honestly, like, it, it, I think it comes down to, obviously, the body mode is a problem. Um, there's a lot more characters that want to, that never even have an all mode. Like, you play against a Sky Shadow deck, you're literally just like, uh, okay, sure, I can't do anything. <laughs> the card is almost <laughs> literally dead. <laughs> yes. Quite possibly. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of Sky Shadow decks that are Sky Shadow and a quote another titan master because i you know i guess he's a titan master yeah um at most times like so he's always immune to it um except for the head when it pops off and i just don't think you can afford to hold a card in it now granted you could say well it's a green i can i can i can pitch it for a green but but the question is does the card have a tremendous impact mm -hmm. even if you were able to play it and i think that's going to be determined by the number of titan master heads that have two or less hit points or I guess you could argue three or less hit points if you also have an armed hovercraft, for example, right. type effect. But I would say the card will continue to see some play, especially out of sideboard, if a lot of two hit point or less heads see play. If they don't, I think it'll be completely negated from the meta. Mm. And to be honest with you, the card shined most against Insecticons and decks like that. And if we're already saying that they're much weaker than what this card used to prey on is just not even as prevalent anymore either. Yep. So it's just not even needed nowadays. Yeah. Either. Definitely makes sense. So to close out this section, was there anything else you wanted to throw in, Scott? We didn't talk a lot about Airstrike Patrol, although it kind of flows from the whole little guys are suffering as a result of Tripwire. Uh, we talked about Galaxy. We talked about, well, the other one tall builds as well. Were there any other highlight decks? Oh, the the orange black aggro, which will probably become the de facto aggro. But any other decks that you feel might take a big hit from this? The other thing with the with the one tall decks, and this includes like shockwave, like I've said before, is your secondary character has to be able to do damage, and unless, I mean, yeah, this is where I him costing 14 is, is really rough. Like, if he costs 13, you could say, okay, I'm going to include Crankcase. Mm -hmm. But he costs 14, so it's going to be... You'd have to play a 4-drop. Um, which may be the way you have to go. Right. Like, you have to find a secondary attacker in control decks, or else you're just... Your damage output just isn't enough. Right. Um, like I said, the only exception to this is Galaxy Prime, because you can get up to 33 health. So, like, you're just constantly negating all these guaranteed hits that they're doing because you're just constantly gaining more and more hit points. But and without having to invest, like, he's a unique case for both that reason and how it happens as well. Right, you're not investing a, a card play most of the time to, to do that. Mm -hmm. and, and you're able to swing on the offensive because you're able to get offensive utilities for, quote, for free also. Yes. Um, so it just brings a unique card play side of things. But the other one tall decks, which are mostly your shockwaves, your jet fires, I guess your fringe octones. I don't know. Like who else is in this? I guess your outdated already OPVL decks. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you mentioned crankcase and I'm like, oh, well maybe. Nah, I don't, I don't know if those guys are making a reappearance at this stage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe with OPVL, that's one option I haven't explored. Like, cause you're able to get more cards in your hand, but like, mm -hmm. 
you need that secondary attacker. And the only way to do that is with like, somebody that costs 13. Um, and a lot of other guys just... There aren't a lot of other control strategies, I think, that are based on any other characters that I can think of offhand. So... There, I think there's just more efficient ways of doing what you do um, with other characters. So, Yep. So... That can, I think, be the the capstone on on that portion. So let's move on to the the upside of things. Always look on the bright side, right? Uh, yep. Let's talk about some of the the cards and decks that benefited old strategies that are going to be improved. Now we already talked at length about the what the new face of aggro is going to look like, and I call attention to it simply because Rock Toss and our Disruptor Blade are crossing my screen at the moment. So let's talk about something else. Let's talk about a different aggro card in Peace Through Tyranny, because I feel that between the Titan Master mechanic and, I mean, it's not that Peace was going to go anywhere to begin with. It's a really strong card, but, I mean, it. there are a lot of new toys that make Peace Through Tyranny decks more enticing. Yeah, mostly Titan Masters, but I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, but but there you have unique situations like Sky Shadow also that Yes, don't he was the other when, one. When you when you when you play the card. But I mean technically like he's a Titan Master. You know, it's it's getting him into that mode as well. Yeah. I mean it's funny that Stefan had, had said this at some point, you know, you can you can piece through tyranny that guy a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of and, funny and to think fun. about. Yeah. Um moving from there with <laughs> fight for position is coming across, but I want to talk about some other orange cards in, and this was a, a late edition by me just because I like the spotlight so much. So the first one is mounted missiles, but then on the Autobot side, obviously heroic resolve. So I'll kick it to yep, you, right Scott, for heroic resolve, because it seems that that's another one that has been just waiting for an opportunity. And now there's a lot more chances, whether to play it with the spotlight or through other means. Yeah, so you mentioned the spotlight, so like I think just getting more of them into your deck. I think it's still like obviously the Autobot car spotlight is the one that focuses on blue cards. Mm-hmm. So getting that into your deck means it's it's going to have a use. And I think the other double blues are kind of weak. Um, like Energized Field has seen play because again it comboed with Jetfire's ability mm-hmm. um, at times. But in general, like I just feel like if you if you said to me you have to play a double blue that has a star, like I think Baroque Resolve is the way to go. Right. Um, given what is it, EMP wave or or um, energized field? So yeah, I was gonna say I don't think there's another one besides those. I yeah. could be wrong. <laughs> so just just by nature of like I think I think Herogers offer Autobots more powerful than even the score for Septicons. So like Septicons have multiple options in their spotlight, but I think Autobots definitely want to be playing Herogers all. So when they play that spotlight, so regardless, I think you're just gonna see more of them in any deck that can afford to play that card at all, unless you're just playing some more, um, like, dual pip cards. Mm-hmm. Like, like orange, black, orange blue cards, or fuel caches, and things like that. Like, if you're just playing, you just want more double blues in your deck, in some way, shape, or form, you're going to see more of them through the spotlight. There's also the situation of Night Racer's stratagem as well, which, pairing her with Autobots is still the best way to go. Right. Um, because of that, because again, your only other option is even a score in Lucky Dodge. So um, it's better here. And then it's also one of the best candidates for uh, Spymaster's Ruse because now it can just sit on the table and eventually get its get its ability off. 
Absolutely. And yes, that means that your opponent can just have more time to counter espionage it. But like, if you have like you have the opportunity now to have multiple secret actions in play, you're never going to have multiple heroic resolves on the table. Mm. So it's like if you if you very early on spy masters ruse out something random and never use it, and your opponent thinks it's a heroic resolve, and then throughout the course of the game you're playing other secret actions. Those other secret actions are likely going to be more impactful until the turn where you're going to knock out an Autobot that you want to save, which is typically, like, the the biggest guy on the team, usually. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like the, there's going to, like, you have to be waiting a long time to, to finally hit it in comparison to other secret actions that are just going to sit there right. for the whole game. So that's how I see it. No, that makes sense. And it's, there's also an argument to be made that even if it is sitting out there, your opponent knows that it is somehow they infer that it's heroic resolve and they counter espionage it. At some point, they had to invest that play. And yes, it's a, a proactive answer. I'm treating mentally. I kind of treat counter espionage as a as a discard card, so it falls into that category. Um, they still that means they're not doing something else to advance their game plan. So right. Obviously, they'd be doing it the turn, ideally, that it would kill the defending Autobot, but maybe they don't, and instead it's effectively a hidden fortifications because that could have been a plus three effect one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but even aside from those, I, it's good you called out even the score because there are other places where that is starting to, I guess, justify itself. Again, mostly because of the spotlights, but... I, I am holding on to hope that that aggro night racer base build is a thing. <laughs> we'll see if it actually <laughs> does. But uh, I I guess it's a big jump for even the score just because I never even thought that card existed. That's kind of the way it, I had it in my brain for a very long time. Yeah. So it, a lot of these are going to end up showing up more frequently, but also other, and you had said this earlier when we were talking about the, the down end of things, Scott, but a lot of the more fringe, more niche secret actions in general are going to, they get a boost as Spymaster's Ruse and other effects justify either diversifying your available secret actions or just having quantity-wise more. Right. So... Let's talk about some of the the other things that got a boost. This one's going to be real quick because it's on screen. It's Cosmos. I apologize, everybody. It's so blurry. Uh, I missed one when I was photoshopping a lot of the characters <laughs> because for some reason, the Wave 1 characters, they were the only ones where they released tilted or, or, or uh, diagonal, and it drives me crazy every time because I end up doing cleanups of all the files and then blow them up and never have my pre-photoshopped one. But... Whining aside, I don't know, I, I'll i be honest, that Cosmos is probably the only stratagem old character that I feel is really a thing. I could be wrong about King Starscream, I don't think his stratagem would be the reason. Um, I honestly want to pair him with other stuff that helps him out from Wave 5. Beyond that, I don't know, I just don't care about any of them. Uh, they're certainly underwhelming. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, it's just they're they're they are cards. They're cards. Yeah, um, 
I mean, I, I the Cosmos one allows you, like as we said, you know. But but I guess I guess here's a question: like if, if everything we said in the first quote half of the show holds true, mm-hmm. does that hurt Cosmos as well? I think it does, but by the same token, the fact that he's even approaching <laughs> that it, it's kind of the the even the score argument to some extent where it's I would have never considered Cosmos prior to this. Now that he's even remotely on the fringe, it's a huge boon. So maybe I mean just just going yeah, that guy in particular is Donzo. It has some value, but I agree with you that if you can't tag the galaxies, which maybe he'll be the reason that Cosmos even has a chance, or you can't tag the Jetfires, the Shockwaves, where it's, I'm crippling their team by excising that particular character. Sure, he gets better, but it may not be enough to push him to the front of the line. What happens if if the guys you're tagging aren't that big? Does that matter? If the guys, what? Like, what if that that's not the deck you're going? What if it's like the 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 three medium guy deck? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't Things know like that. that it's as of right now. Since I think Tripwire really hurts the versions I was initially looking at, which were wider, Cosmosless. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, it's. I guess the fact of the matter is that I don't think it's going to be good enough because you're. You're effectively a one-tall deck yourself because now your other two guys mostly do nothing. Yeah, but you have a ton of health also, and you can still wear energy packs. Like well, that. I think you can. I think you can build a deck to gain tremendous health from both the utility slot and the armor slot. Keep yourself alive for a long time. I just don't know. Like use. Mm-hmm. Like I guess what I would say is, if you build it that way, and I'm not necessarily saying it's a blue-based deck, but like you're you're in the same situation. You're a control deck that has to have more one guy that can actually affect them. Right. Luckily, your main guy is always going to take somebody out, quote, when he attacks, hopefully without that much effort. It gets... Um, I mean, so. to, to your point, if if decks consolidate and they're not... Because the biggest issue would be they're wider than you and Cosmos connecting on the wrong target. Mm-hmm. And I guess, it, you know, if they're playing Insecticons or some, some wide aggro... To some extent, it doesn't matter which guy you KO, but it kind of does. And similarly, if you are going first into a control deck and they can protect their guy, whatever the important one is or important ones, it gets weird. I think it comes back to Cosmos gets help. This is definitely something he needed. I think he falls into the same category of the old, (laughs) they're not that old, but older one tall decks that you need those other partners to do something because even if you're all in on protecting Cosmos, people have KO'd Galaxy Prime. It, you know, he it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen here as well. So, see, I, I think I think you're right that he gains a lot. I think you can you can mold the deck differently to where mm. where it actually can. Because the reason why Galaxy Prime still exists in the matches I've seen, I haven't personally played. I've just watched a bunch of matches. Is that every single time he connects against one of these aggro decks, somebody gets severely damaged or literally taken off the field or gets taken off by direct damage, you know, yep. during one of the other phases of the game. You can do this as long as you can do that here as well, like Cosmos attacks and Nestor and Dead takes somebody out. Yeah. You're just you're you're just as efficient in my opinion. 
yeah. you're just not gaining you're just not gaining the incremental board advantage as somebody like that, but you're also only spending twelve stars. Yes. Or thirteen twelve, twelve, I think. Well, 12. he'll be twelve with the stratagem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're only spending twelve, whereas like so you are definitely gaining options in the secondary character use to where you can make powerful use of these abilities. Yeah. So just throwing it out there. Yeah, it's definitely something that I want to investigate myself. My initial plans for him, obviously, have been falling through. And then the fallback plans, I'm just not real happy with. I have toyed with way back when the the more the bluer strategies. It just it gets complicated with him specifically where sim- similar to our earlier bold and tough discussion. If you're bolding him, it gives you a lot more control than if you're if you're toughing him or your other guys. Because then your opponent you mean, can choose to do certain things to mess with what cards you're flipping and when. In terms of like getting his ability off. Yes, because if you mm-hmm. whiff even once, to your point about Galaxy Prime, Galaxy is always smashing for 8 plus damage. Like you, mm-hmm. you, It's a constant. Here, if you whiff with Cosmos, the game probably ends on the spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, I mean, you still have a lot of health. So. Well, yeah, but you, it takes a lot more effort than again assuming you're not just pairing him with lionizer demolisher the, the, yeah, yeah. that's the obvious one but if you're trying to set him up with something else you might have more hoops to jump through that's fair so uh aside from that like i said the other stratagems i'm not super enthused about so i wasn't gonna bring up those so let's talk about static attack buffs or static stat buffs in general uh, we kind of touched on this earlier in the downs because of, again, the, the bold and tough thing. But head-on collision was something going into EI that we were very excited about, and then it didn't quite pan out that way. But do you think that or its ilk are going to end up gracing the tables? Head-on collision, I think, definitely will be simply because of Fangry, um, as well as a lot of the Titan Masters, well, Perceptor aside, a lot of the a lot of the Titan Masters seem to a lot of them attack in either mode efficiently a lot of times, yeah. or it's close enough that you could justify yeah, yeah. like it, horrible loses one attack, but you fling, so it's right good enough. Um, Sky Shadow, both pieces attack in all mode. Um, I, I think the I think the question for that card is just whether or not. Obviously, there are going there. There are times throughout the game, no matter what deck you're playing, where it's not just a well, most of the time anyway. It's, it's not just a throw it on the table, and I'm guaranteed going to be able to use it every single turn. Even even an airstrike deck can't technically say that. Like you could you could at the end of the game flip, you know, uh, tailwind and technically not be able to use it. Right, um, right. So I just don't know. That's like I mean I think the the lack of universality is what has kept that card on the sidelines at times. But like mm-hmm. I think I think as we a big theme that we didn't really touch on is we have five sets of this game now, and you only have a forty card deck, which means mm-hmm. there's going to be a tremendous amount of trial and error to go through and say. I want to be playing a full play set of this card, and I want to be playing a full set of play of this card, and like you're just out of room. Right. So to me, finding those diamonds in the rough that can that can do double duty, like a head-on collision as like a one-of and things like that, that just basically copies one of your other cards and has a relevant combat icon that never really hurts you, 
especially if you're not playing them in like a huge plethora. Mm. Um, that's where I think cards like that will see play. That's where I think a lot of these cards will actually see play is basically they're just going to show up. But a lot of cards, decks are, deck lists are going to be a lot longer, should be a lot longer than they have been in the past anyway. And so that's where I think some of these static buff cards will come up and and then being the virtual fourth to fifth copies of the more powerful card that you're already playing a playset of that's like a staple and you're not going to get away from it type of situation. Yeah. Now, I follow you. Head-on collision in particular, I am very curious about because I think one of the other things that held that card particular or specifically back was its pip. And I think mm-hmm. to our earlier discussion about the inclusion of I mean, it's gracing the screen now, our Disruptor Blade, but specifically Black Pip cards as opposed to Dual Pips or otherwise, the numbers are going to, numbers as in how many oranges do I have, how many non-oranges do I have, just basically those two buckets is going to come into play a lot more. Even mm-hmm. I mean, it did before, but... I think that's going to be pushed even more to the forefront because the Kamian crashes of the world, the Black Pip weapons, whether it's our Disruptor Blade, Fusion Borer, some of these other options, all of a sudden you end up with potentially weird numbers and trying to figure out exactly what is my target attack value in an orange deck if you're skewing it with these non-oranges versus even on the other side in a blue deck, okay, how many actual blue pips do I have remaining? And that's where I think it's going to become a lot more challenging. But the overall concept of these static buffs to try and fight the good fight against the end hostilities of the world, I anticipate is going to come up more often. The problem is, is that there just aren't that many. There, There isn't a huge quantity that weren't already seeing play because you know, great la- grenade launcher is pretty good. Yeah, oh, yeah. I so, mean, and to be honest with you, we've made this call before that the static buff should overtake the the supercharges and and bold and tough based flips, and the meta did not bear itself out because the answer cards weren't seen seeing enough play mm-hmm. so, to, to make an impact on the universal meta. This is essentially three arguments. Yeah, I mean, um, that, it is difficult to. Because you're you're absolutely right. We've definitely beaten this horse before, um, and I don't know. It, I guess if people just don't play gyro, or they just don't play end hostilities, or they just don't play any of the other laundry list things to fight bold fifty thousand dot deck, then okay. I guess you don't need static buffs. You just go for the high score. Right. It's just whether or not like these cards will see use otherwise, and I think they will. Mm-hmm. All good. So, so any decks from, I mean, it, the obvious one is, oh, hey, the the orange-black deck that we've mentioned about a thousand times, but any decks or strategies that we missed that you wanted to throw in that you think are super excited about getting access to Wave 5 stuff? There's no other cards I had in my good list? Uh, well, a lot of them were lumped together because a lot of them were, you know, the combat black pip cards. Fight for position, steady shot, rock toss, or a disruptor blade, etc. On the phone. <laughs> yeah, the, the the steady shot argument and things like that to me are mostly for other cards like brawn and um, 
mm. for Master Metallicato as well. So some of the some of the dual pip cards gain additional use that way. Right. The way I see it. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And of course, the, um, the Fort Max outlier, because we have to bring that one up every time. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's fair. Um, and again, like, horrible. I have to bring up, you know, mm. all the time as well. Um, but the but the big thing is 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 needing to get to find the old some of these dual pip cards that are more playable than they were in the past because there's more combo than now. Than right. Um, that's the basic strategy. The, the big thing for me is, is like, I, I feel like every set it's difficult to find, I think older characters that, that, that move up in value. I mean, we talked about cosmos mm. for a decent amount of time, which, which I think is a very fair point, but obviously he, literally got a card stamped for him that says i think that's a slightly different scenario (laughs) right um i guess i guess i it's difficult for me up front to find a lot of because a lot of times the sets are created like in in solar nature yes that was exactly Um, the word i was gonna say (laughs) yeah so i i don't oh like this character play because he's waiting for this card like i don't know i i haven't seen a lot of those Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess, I guess the biggest example would be, you know, bringing, uh, bringing like Lionizer and Demolisher for value because of whatever that card's called, Nitro Booth. Um, and yes. strategies like that. The problem but, I have with those, if not to break your train of thought, but yeah. and hostilities, like, <laughs> I just can't yeah, yeah. get, I can't get away from that one every time. But yeah, um, go ahead, continue. Sorry. <laughs> No, but I mean, but, but some of those cards I've already seen play to begin with. Like, you know, I I, I don't know that I've necessarily seen a bunch of cards that say a bunch of Battle Masters are going to come back into meta. You know, like, I, I don't see yeah. a bunch of cards that have that stamped on them. Well, I mean, I don't see, the, you know. the PTT decks, just specifically for Battle Masters, because they can make a resurgence with Titan Masters, maybe that means Fire Drive to tie several points together. We're saying PTT has additional uses. We're talking taller decks. We're talking static buffs. Maybe Fire Drive makes a reappearance. Uh, not that he ever really... I mean, he wasn't super prevalent at EI, but you know, I think people were at least had him in mind coming in. Yeah, I mean... I mean, you... Like, is... is the only I guess the only other deck in the meta we didn't talk about is combo. Like, to me, it gets more... And yeah, I was saving that one for the end. <laughs> okay, all right. I did have that one in mind. I just didn't want to okay. muddy everything with it. But go ahead. Um, I'm trying to think of it. Like the problem is, like I can't say. It to me, it's only the showcase characters. Like to me, some of these, like it's not like there's mercenary cards, cards that help them. Mm. Like the only, the only, the only thing I like about them is that they still, to me, have access to the two best black X cards. But like, yes. They, they're still too. They're still not powerful enough to justify playing those cards because, you mm-hmm. know, to me that they're just not. Um, I mean, because of the awkwardness of the cost. So, to that point, because that was actually something I was going to bring up in one of the, at some point, we'll say, because <laughs> it was on my sure. my notes. <laughs> so Octone, because you had brought up Crankcase earlier, Octone Crankcase Night Racer is a thing that could happen. Uh, it solves some issues because Crankcase is a reasonable attacker, as we, we've mentioned previously before. 
Uh, it's a little annoying, but it's not necessarily worse than what you would have had to do with Octone previously because of Flame War. So you have to invest a flip and crankcase. Night Racer, you don't have to, so it's kind of a trade-off there. Um, I agree with you. It's still very much a, what is this deck doing that other things cannot? Maybe just having two relevant attackers and all the best blue-black pips is good enough. Question I mean, mark? I think that he can... <laughs> The thing he can probably do is that, like, it's similar to similar to the way Titan If you can, the thing with Crankcase is we're saying he's a relevant attacker, but there are still hoops to jump through, which are you have to again put yourself in a position where you're not actually playing actions and upgrades on certain, just to essentially give or hit an early processor or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, again, like as we talked about in the numerous times we covered him, if you're not actually playing any action and upgrade in the turn just to get his static ability, like, are you really doing anything? Like, mm-hmm. you're just holding a card in your hand for the turn, which is fine. I mean, like, I haven't played with him enough to see that... that, that we need like, cantrips. Right. <laughs> um, but, the, I mean, and there are some. Yes. And, like, you can say... And you could probably say that, like, you know, we can use the bounty ability as a proxy um, for playing a card, a card on those for turns. A card play, for a card play, yeah. Um, and there will be more targets now, and I'm not really sure how Octone taking out a Titan Master if they left two hit point or less head around. I'm not really sure how that works. That's a good question. Um, I think it would work out in the Octone player's favor, but I'm not positive. <coughs> so don't quote me on that. But mm. <coughs> excuse me. I mean, yeah, maybe that's an option. Like maybe if you can find if we can find a way to make Crankcase work with him, then then there's an option. Like it's the same argument with. OPBL, like, these are the only, to me, like, old-school characters that possibly could see a return. I guess the only one we left off the table, which you've played, is Sound Blaster, right? Yeah. I, saying throughout all the spoiler season that he was gaining so many tools, but is he? I don't know. I think he is. I think the versions that I had tried out, again, shout-out to the uh, Tuesday and Wednesday Transformers events over on Vector Sigma uh, YouTube page. But I think the versions that I was trying had inherent flaws by virtue of the way they were constructed, not necessarily that Sound Blaster is bad, but he still, he did not get tools in the scenarios that he needs. Specifically, he wants armors and utilities that are useful because you're freeing up that play of playing the weapon because you're just going to recur one. So I'll play a Bashing Shield, which to our earlier point, popping sparring gears may not be as important. Uh, whether it's because that deck inherently is going to have a million black pips or your play belligerence or whatever. And similarly, there aren't a, a ton of utilities that it's like, yeah, I really want to play that card in an orange-black aggro deck. Maybe... I mean, good. It frees up the ability to play gyro if you're not concerned about your own bolt. Right. Uh, there's also the option that maybe... He should go the other direction. Since you are a Decepticon, you could play Sound Blaster, Nightbird, or I, I guess Mudflap if you really wanted to, and X. Sure. <laughs> and then that way you can um, you can go the blue-black route. Obviously, your other partner is not going to be Demolisher or something like that then, but it does give you the extra alternative and maybe... Because in that deck, you would want to play a... You know, you play an armor, recur a weapon, get in. Mm -hmm. That's a reasonable thing. And then you make your little guy relevant and get in. 
you know, like you attack with one little guy, then attack with Sound Blaster, and then attack with the other little guy powered up so that that way you can make your own crankcase, so to speak. Maybe. I don't know if that's really worth going that route, but it, it's an option. I mean, I've literally never slayed the card up. At least you've seen what his strengths or weaknesses are. So, I mean, it feels like he can do something, but again, it's just going to be the same question of can you leverage the additional upgrade play and the the decks that I was running had two issues. One, they weren't really doing that, and two, they were too flip intensive because he is a super flip intensive character, obviously. So, I mean, that's the one that stands out to me is like stuff that we've discussed. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still like obviously General Megatron. I don't know if it's actually going to be a thing. Uh, it's cool to strafing run people every once in a while. You'll plasma burst or bolt of lightning somebody, but you have to do weird things to make that happen. Uh, it's more that hunker down is still strong and Mm -hmm. you get a good partner in the sky shadow tank. So I think possibly there, there, there could be something, but again, it's, I don't know if you're doing enough there. Maybe crankcase needs now because you can't play him there because you'll, be playing too many cards it's still the same thing if you you need two things or hoping that the burn makes up for that other attacker which i don't know if it will yeah um beyond that like i don't know if we went through wave one you kind of covered it i'm not expecting other shockwave to show up again bug seems to have taken a hit uh wave two we talked about combiners the various, you know, usual orange perpetrators into wave three and wave four, we, we kind of talked about, I think that hits most of the highlights. I'm sure we're forgetting something, but. The only character to me is OBVL. If he's playable, it just depends on whether or not it depends on how powerful some of these, I mean, like if, if we're saying that some of these actions have such a dramatic effect, the ability to just get them back is always going to have value. So I just, I, I still think he has like two low hit points. Well, that's environment, but that's the like, problem. Is some of the relevant things you'd be recurring are, for example, magnetic dysfunction ray, and that's going to feel bad playing it with him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you recurred belligerents and things like that, like you could have serious blowout turns. So yeah, and you, know, you could play. So if you, I don't have belligerents up in front of me, but I'm trying to think of the timing for playing a belligerence off of him for like you flip. No, it doesn't, it, no, it doesn't no. work. Okay. Because it says for, it says for each orange, it says for each blue, every blue flipped this combat. So like the cards have already been flipped. I think. I'd be curious because I I could see an argument for the other. It's like okay, well yeah, they're flipped. Turn them turn them orange, sort of thing. Um, I maybe I I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I think he's the only example where that guess anticipation engine. Well, no, that wouldn't matter either. That's before. Also, so I don't know. I yeah. really don't know, but. I'm trying to think if there's ever been examples. Well, no, it's like, it's like the supercharge, right? Like, yeah, but supercharge changes people. the amounts that you flip, whereas this is changing the value of things that are like what they are. I agree with you. I'd have to look closer at the wording because I'm obviously I'm going with belligerence off of memory. So, I mean, I'm bad at these things to begin with, but like, so like <laughs> I wouldn't know one way or the other. But like, I don't think it would work. But I've been wrong every single time in the so. Um. I don't know. Law of averages, we'll get one eventually. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get one right. So. 
Um, I agree with you about OPBL. Um, was there anything fringe that you can think of that showed up um, before or, or at EI or anything like that or since EI that more recently that you're thinking could maybe get a boost? Uh, I mean, I haven't made decks with like Springer much since this has come out. And mm -hmm. I, I guess the argument is there, I, I've been focusing my builds on new cards, and I guess there's no reason to assume that like the older cards aren't just as powerful. Like we, we, we sat here for months saying that, you know, cards like Springer are really powerful, and yet I haven't made a single Titan Masters attack base deck with him in it. So. Yeah, he is on my short list of things to get back to. I mean, there's the argument of, well, we got new toys. We want to play with them. So right. trying the new cards is, is definitely fun. But yeah, Springer is something that, I don't know, it's hard to find an argument for him to not still have a place given what he can do. I think the issue for me is that a lot of the decks that I have been building are, they they involve a Titan Master's attack, not necessarily a Titan Master, but typically they are character that is flip intensive. And so pairing them with Springer means you can't be flipping him every turn. And that's not what you want to be doing. Three wide Springer so, aggro, Springer Fangry X. Right. That's where you wind up being. And then like all that basically does is smooth out your is Which what? is fine. Like there's there basically you're just smoothing out your there's right. value there. Yes. Um but you might not need that. Like, like, but if when you're pairing with other cards that want to, like, he can't be paired with another character that wants to be flipping. So, you know. It sounded like you were saying you couldn't be paired with another character. <laughs> we went so many weeks without this. It had to have happened. <laughs> you back, Scott? No, I know we went. It it went super robotic. It was like we we got rid of the camera issues and the stream imploding. So of course we had to go back to the robot voice because that's what happens. <laughs> that's just that's that's just the weather. Oh, I know. That. Um, yeah. And also, you're not specifically on your PC hardwired. So no. Uh, no, no. Dan and Chat called out something while you were uh, turning into a robot. That's a good point. OPBL ability goes off before they flip like your opponent flips oh oh yeah okay but what i i meant your own what about your own your own what your own blues what happens to your own blues That's the oh point. like if you flip blues uh i mean That's that, that I goes back to the crux of the question yeah i that makes sense on your opponent's side i don't yes. think it's possible to gain that ability only one side but it would probably be to your if it if they if it was ruled that way, it would just be a slight disadvantage to any blues that I guess. That it wouldn't turn yours orange, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's the only I quote downside if they somehow ruled that it was a one sided ability. Right. Only their blues <laughs> become orange. But I don't think it would be that big of a deal. So Yeah, it's more contingent on is OPBL gonna get it done on his own, like the we got to solve that question before we care. I mean, this is obviously part of it, but it, it, like you said, his health total and other factors, that's going to matter more coming into a particular match than whether your belligerence gives you one or two extra attack, probably. 
Yeah, the 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 positive for him is like I said, as we get more and more sets, the number of playable cards just like in your deck, your deck list just increases in size. It, he's still the only character, arguably other than than Perceptor and to an extent the Springer argument that just gives you access to so many more cards in your in your scrap pile. Yeah, he's the only character that allows you to do that, and so. By that rationale, you can play just just have access to so many more cards. Yeah, by being able to, to replay them over and over. And yes, everybody, we know about the the trigger happies and the alpha tryons and the uh, yeah. <laughs> the needle noses, which is actually going to be my was intending to be my counterpoint to when you were saying, oh, we get more playable cards. Needle nose hasn't really gotten a whole lot to help him. It's just it's not going to happen. I don't think. <laughs> I just think the impact isn't just good enough. But it's it's funny. We also had a a very small number of star cards in this set, which definitely impacts things. So yeah, but the other, the older ones are more playable. But I but I think just basically right. gaining a, a zap ability a couple times per game. And yes, I know you can recur them. Also, there's that. But I just don't think it's as no anywhere near as powerful. Yeah, he's somebody that I wanted to look at because, again, the spotlights, but specifically for, it's like, okay, he's one of 10,000 mounted missile decks or even the score or, you know, whatever. And do I want to play a nine-star, like, three-attack guy? Probably. I mean, at this point, if he's not, if he's not playable now, when, <laughs> ever, I don't know. If we get a set that's like, half of a million I'm reading chat and saying a million like if we have to set is star cards or something and some of them are super bonkers I don't know yeah like uh, there's not his time I don't, I don't know like I just don't think I don't I don't know like to me Bolt of Lightning is still the card you want to recur the most and it's still the hardest one it's still one of the harder ones to play yeah because like you can't spotlight it you can't I, who can only beachcomber, right? Like I don't even think anyone else can even get. Uh, yeah. Freedom, right? I mean, there isn't a case where okay, that's not my spare star. Like I'm playing one of those, and then my my villainous spotlight stars are mounted missiles or whatever. But I think you'd probably just load up on those anyway. Mm-hmm. So you would probably go to nine double pips before you reach for that. I guess. Yeah, we need a stra- we need a strategy that's like you can have multiple blank star like three blank star. Just have to put three blanks here. It's going to be the mercenary stratagem if we ever get another mercenary thing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I so. I think mercenary is probably going to wait for a while because if I recall correctly, the the next two this was the the one off set. The next two sets are going to be themed together. So unless there's another mercenary theme, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter what the toys do because mercenaries weren't in there either. So I guess it kind of just depends on what the story mm. elements are. So yeah, I mean, we had the characters, but absolutely, the, this game debuted the concept. So yeah. Uh, well, I think we can close it up there, Scott. Unless you had any other ideas you wanted to throw out for either ups, downs, or otherwise from old things. Now that we got new toys. No, again, it's important to look at this stuff and understand why things are going to occur. Like. A lot of people have just like there's been a lot of discussion over the over the different metas as to like 
why doesn't this exist anymore? Why doesn't that exist? I think it's important to understand the whys as it is to understand the what's. So mm-hmm. that's why, again, we, we are probably doing a lot of second level stuff saying that we're giving you a why and defining the what, like just the way that we see things and how things have been shaping up. In our- right. So. And to reiterate a point that you made a few times earlier, these are, of course, because of how we're we're looking at things and obviously given the unique circumstances for right now, this is how we would think this stuff is going to play out. Maybe it wouldn't have ended up this way, but these were the the initial thoughts coming in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. But that'll do it for this episode, folks. We uh, we have some stuff in the works for you, and I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, be a little coy about it, but as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, and please tune in next time for more Tech Talk.